episode of Babaji series podcast. In this episode, we'll be exploring more deeply how masters operate, how the eternal mighty river of grace flows through different instruments who are pure and eligible to be the vessels in that moment to a person who has reached the right stage at the spiritual development to be able to receive those blessings. Uh, we will be joining Monji's uh, journey in India, this time in Puttaparthi, where he meets, uh, aside from Richard, one more gentleman uh, who also is very sensitive to energy and has been blessed to receive the Shaktipat. So we'll be learning more about these sacred ways in which uh, the grand tradition operates. And I will be then offering my commentary. Welcome. Babaji Beyond Definitions, Part 3, Blog by Mohanji Those who have eyes will see, others will not, because they have chosen blindness. In the real world, there is nothing to prove if one exists beyond ego. There is no one higher or lower, there is no one better or lesser. All are equal. Just like in earthly life, spiritual life depends on the baggage that we carry. Some carry heavy karmas, while some have lesser belongings. Those who have lesser baggage travel faster. Baggage becomes more heavy when emotions rule life. It is lighter when spirit rules life. It is as simple as that. Simplicity is godliness. Complications are terrestrial. The more complicated we are, the more terrestrial we are. And all complications are our own unconscious creations. God has nothing to do with it. Spirituality is the path of infinity and dissolution. The more we travel, the more we realize that there is much more to go. Then again, our expectations end at some point, and gratitude replaces all the emotions. Just gratitude. Simple gratitude. Nothing else remains. Then our expression becomes pure, unconditional love. Our journey becomes smooth and effortless. We do not feel the distance anymore. In fact, the distance evaporates and disappears. The destination itself disappears. The journey culminates in perfect unity. So as we travel further and further, all our mental images and preconceived notions start to dissolve and we start accepting things as they happen. This is perfect equanimity, unconditional surrender to the Lord Almighty. This is the path of our soul. This is the path of Shiva. Over lifetimes, we have created a certain character that we are expressing in this life. This can be called our basic constitution as well. When non-resistance happens in our inner space, when all internal frictions disappear, our basic constitution will start to melt. This is the beginning of nullification. This is the beginning of merger with the supreme or dissolution. We go through various levels or states of samadhi and finally we dissolve completely into a stage where we know that we do not exist as separate from anything. Everything is us. We are everything. 
there are no independent identities or identifications. Deep bliss. Nothing else but bliss. The bliss of being Shiva. Shivoham. The destiny that brought a tough, muscular, cowboy-like personality such as Richard into the path of Babaji is his past life karma. The severe sadhana, spiritual practice that he accomplished in his past life brought him to the great master. After an initial period of delusion, even though he fell ignorant of his roots in this life. Babaji never lost grip of any soul that is connected to him. He never lost track. He kept everyone together. It is the same kind of destiny that brought him and Babaji boy into my life too. The golden thread that connected all of us is Babaji. I'm sure I will come across many more of my relatives from the family of Babaji during my further journey. Some will recognize our relationship, some will not. Yet the journey will continue until the river merges with the ocean. The Guru of Babaji Siddha Boganathar is considered to be the Guru of Babaji. His Samadhi is in Palani, Tamil Nadu. He is immortal, just like his famous disciple. Boganathar and his disciples are still supposed to be meditating inside the caves of the hills of Palani. It is also considered that Boganathar created the idol of Lord Muruga, the presiding deity of Palani Hill. The idol is made out of nine types of herbs, or nine poisons, Nava Pashan, which individually have the capacity to kill, but if combined in a particular proportion, they become the medicine for any type of disease. This is called Siddha Ushad, or Siddha medicine. It is also said that Siddha Boganathar created the idol of Muruga in the form of the youthful Babaji, his favorite disciple. I felt a deep urge to visit the shrine of Boganathar. When I reached Palani and climbed up the hill, it was already evening. Lots of people running all over the temple premises and shouting for no apparent reason did not really suit my silence-oriented mind. I decided to pay my respects to the great master Boganathar at his samadhi and get out of the place. When I reached there, that place was also crowded. The queue was very long. Everyone seemed to be in a hurry to go to Boganathar's shrine. I went inside the temple but could not sit and meditate there because of the crowd. So I came out and found a relatively quieter place on the side of Bhogar Samadhi. I sat there and meditated. It was almost 8 p.m. I paid my respects to the great Siddha. I also thanked him for gracing the earth and blessing all of us. Suddenly, a hot stone fell on my thigh from nowhere. It hurt a bit. It was hot, as if taken out from an oven. I looked around to see if someone had thrown the stone at me. There was no one. From my thigh, it fell on the floor. I waited for some time for it to cool down and then picked it up. The stone resembled a head of an elephant 
Lord Ganesha. I was stunned and overwhelmed by the grace of the Mahasiddha. I considered this as a tangible blessings from the Guru of Babaji. I was happy and satisfied. I put the stone in my pocket, brought it back to my parents' home and kept it in their shrine. I started my journey down the hill to my hotel room. Before that, I had the darshan of Lord Muruga, the presiding deity of the temple, and had a sip of the milk with which they bathed the idol. That milk is supposed to have the qualities of the Siddha medicine. Siddha Boganatar is also considered to be Lao Tzu of China. One of the disciples of Boganatar is said to be Chinese. His name is Pulipani. Boganatar also created the Kaya Kalpa treatment, with which, uh, which brings back youth and vitality in the old. There are many stories attached to Boganatar, the immortal yogi. Let us prostrate at his lotus feet. Interesting interventions. In 2009, I was preparing to return to Muscat Oman after attending a marriage in India. I decided to drop in and see Richard at his place. His place was on my way to the airport. I was not sure if he was there as we had not communicated since long. The train arrived just before sunrise and I landed up in town early in the morning, checked into a hotel room, made myself fresh, had breakfast, and then I called Richard. Usually it's not very easy to get him on phone. When I called, he picked it up immediately and said, I was expecting you, was not sure if you will be coming here today or tomorrow. I asked, when can I meet you? And he said, right now. That's it. I found his whole house in no time. And once again, it was like old times. It was a great feeling to be with the son of Babaji again. Both of us were overjoyed at meeting each other. As soon as I sat down in his living room, within five minutes, the doorbell rang and in came a friend of Richard's called Alfred. Alfred's story. I have never physically met Alfred before. We do not know each other at all. We never heard of each other too. He does not know that I exist at all. Still, three days before we met, he had a dream in which he distinctly saw me standing in a white robe surrounded by many people. It was some kind of an initiation ceremony. Alfred was also sitting there. In the dream, I turned to him and said, I'm coming to meet you. Do not worry. I will give you what you need. Then the dream ended. Even though he explained this dream to Richard, they could not figure out the message in the dream. Since Alfred had not seen me before, the dream remained a mystery until he met me. The very next night, the night previous to his meeting me, he saw another dream in which Satya Sai Baba came and told him, as clearly as it would go, I am sending Mohan to you. He will give you what you need. This was again a mystery. He had no, uh, not met anyone with the name Mohan as yet. And he also did not connect this dream with the one from the previous night. When he saw me in Richard's house, it all suddenly clicked. He stood there in a shock, looking at me for a few seconds. And then, without any formalities, he said, Give me. I said, 
sit down, let me prepare you to receive it. He sat down and Richard sat on the other side. And we started talking. As soon as I saw Alfred, I received an inner command to initiate him into Shaktipat. It became clear to me why I came to this town and why he appeared in front of me. The purpose was truly divine, and this was completely and perfectly orchestrated by the masters. Alfred is a very sensitive man. He keeps away from everyone. He is very sensitive to energy and can see spirits and masters effortlessly. He is also well connected to Babaji and he was brought to India by Babaji. Babaji and Sai Baba commune with him almost every day. He belongs to the central part of America. He was supposed to go to Thailand uh, the day he met me, as his Indian visa was expiring, and due to some misunderstanding with his travel agent, his ticket got cancelled and was rescheduled to fly the next day. The real purpose for this confusion was indeed our meeting. Alfred's story is also stranger than fiction. He was communing with Babaji and soon developed interest in Satya Sai Baba. He felt a strong urge to meet Baba. He worked hard and amassed sufficient money to come to India and meet Baba. He worked for about two years to make himself free for this travel. Thus he arrived at Sai Baba's ashram in Puttaparthi. He was sitting in the crowd, eagerly awaiting Baba's arrival. When he saw Baba, he was overwhelmed. It was indeed a great dream coming true. Suddenly, in front of him, Baba materialized sacred ash, Vibhuti, from his hand. But Alfred clearly saw Baba taking Vibhuti out of a capsule hidden in a sleeve. He was heartbroken. Baba, a magician? Did I come all the way to India, spending all this money to see a magician? His mind started racing. He was completely shattered. He rushed back to his hotel room, sat on a chair and cried his heart out. He felt betrayed and completely devastated. He was not sure how much time he cried. Meanwhile, he took a firm decision to pack and leave Puttaparthi the next day. Suddenly, he experienced the smell of Baba's Vibhuti and he lifted his head up to look. He was shocked to see Baba physically standing in the room right in front of him. Baba gave him a hard slap on his cheek and said, You idiot! You think I'm a magician? Do you think I brought you here to show you some magic? I constantly shake trees of faith to drop the dead wood and tamas. I wanted to disillusion some people who came to test me. They were sitting in front of you. They had no faith. They are not eligible to receive my grace or energy. That is why I created that scene. They will never come back. But you, I brought you here. You stay. Baba lovingly patted his shoulder and disappeared. It took some time for him to recover from this great, unbelievable experience, but he stayed. And that night onwards, he meets Baba either astrally or physically almost every day. He started communing with Baba constantly, otherwise too. Alfred steadily developed many powers. 
he could even read the minds of animals. He became so sensitive that he avoided all kinds of unnecessary interactions with people or any kind of get-togethers. He became more and more of an introvert. Richard was his closest ally. On this day, he had come to see Richard at his place, and that is where we met. So in his dream, Baba had told him that he is sending me to him. But he was not aware that he will meet me at Richard's place. We were sitting across from each other when Alfred at one point asked me, Are you practicing Kriya Yoga? I said, No, I'm practicing nothing in particular. When asked why he asked this question, he replied, I could see almost all the Kriya Yoga masters with you, working through you. Richard intervened and said, I saw it too. This links all of us, the same masters, the same tradition. We are one family. It was interesting how these two Americans and I were discussing the intangible and subtle during this most unexpected meeting at the strange location. Richard never allows anyone to enter his house unless he is convinced about the visitor's energy. Alfred is very sensitive with energies as well. A few minutes later, Alfred exclaimed, Mohanji, something is happening in my body. I can feel my chakras expanding and contracting. I can feel the energy shifts. Bubbles are bursting within. I said, please sit quiet and take it easy. I'm working on you. After one hour, I initiated him into Shaktipat. And while I was doing that, Richard, who was watching, went into a trance state. After the initiation, all of us meditated for some time. Then they shared the experiences. Richard said, Mohanji, I saw all the Kriya Yoga masters, Babaji, Jesus, Sai Baba, Lord Dattatreya, and many other masters coming and going through you when you were initiating Alfred. The power and energy was so high that I was immediately shifted into another plane. Alfred saw the same. He said, Mohanji, I feel that it will not be easy to reach you sooner or later. I feel that masters are preparing you for something much higher. More and more people will come to know about you. Then both of them told me a few things about my path and the future. Actually, they only reiterated what Babaji had already told me in our earlier communions. This was like a reconfirmation for me. As both of them speak to Babaji as well as Sai Baba regularly. Then I told Richard, After my long communion with Babaji in Dubai, he has never come to me. Why is that? Richard said, Mohanji, do you know why Babaji is not so visible these days? He is observing silence. He does that whenever he works on other planets or galaxies. He can operate at many places at the same time. He is truly omnipresent. But yes, he will come to you many times more. Babaji always keeps his promise. He has told you that he will reach you at the appropriate time. He will be patient. Just give it another year. That is the time for your maturing to the materials that he has delivered to you already. You need time to digest everything and live it, don't you? Even though he mentioned the last sentence as a joke, I understood the, the deeper meaning. True masters never cram their disciples into indigestion. They allow time for the disciples to grasp, digest and grow. 
we discussed many more things about Babaji, Baba, and the tradition. And we parted after about four hours. Babaji and the galaxy of masters work relentlessly in order to bring up beings of lower consciousness. But just like our soul never imposes its presence on us, they never impose anything on anyone. Once we prepare ourselves and become eligible, they appear and deliver unconditionally. Ego is the biggest barrier that we must cross. I never met or communicated with Alfred ever again till date. And I have not communicated much with Richard too after this meeting a few months ago. We met astrally though. We can see from the beautiful experiences of Richard and Alfred described in this blog what happens when the wood is dry and only one spark is enough for really high, if not ultimate, experiences to happen. So today I would like to speak about the blessing of tradition called Shaktipat and some of my experiences were the same. Shaktipat is um, an amazing blessing because it is a descent of grace through the masters through which we can speed up our evolution many times over. So what we would otherwise achieve in our personal spiritual practice for years can be achieved with one Shaktipat. But there should be eligibility for that. Right? It's not uh, fair to expect that one is just passively um, sitting there, not doing any practice, not nurturing any devotion in the heart, not working on getting aligned in any way, and that Shaktipat will be given. So it goes hand with hand with our deserving level. Um, so first we'll just understand what Shaktipat is. Um, you could say it's a descent of Shakti. Uh, that's like the literal meaning of Shaktipat or transfer of Shakti uh, through uh, a master. Only true master can be the right conduit of Shaktipat. So it's not something a spiritual seeker can give to another person. And uh, that Shaktipat activates the Shakti energy within the receiver, meaning the Kundalini energy. Uh, what Manji says that when he gives Shaktipat, he also first of all works on removing the obstacles on the uh, stairway to heaven, the Shushumna Nadi, the central meridian, which is where the Kundalini energy rises. Um, Kundalini energy gets activated naturally when we are in alignment. So what does this alignment mean? Well, basically, it's the alignment of body, mind, intellect, ego, and spirit, uh, meaning we are not being scattered. So we see that our mind is scattered. When we are in pain and trauma, part of us gets scattered. Uh, so to bring ourselves into alignment, we need to bring back into the wholeness the scattered parts of ourselves. Uh, so we need to work on um, we need to work on the alignment. We need to work on strengthening that central axis within us, which is why vertical breathing is one of the key methods for uh, cleansing the path for Kundalini and also bringing the scatteredness back into the center. Um, activation of Kundalini um, is possible when we are in certain uh, states. So when we are in alignment, uh, Shaktipat can, ha can happen. Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily by touch. It can also be through the eyes, which is something I didn't know. And only when I learned that from Moranji, I understood that 
the experience that I had in the desert with Babaji was actually Shaktipat through the eyes. So as I said, uh, it was a very powerful transmission of energy. Uh, but at some point I was not able to withstand uh, the ultimate part of it, which was the death of ego. And uh, that dissolution could not happen because I was not ready. So <laughs> I always get emotional when I remember that. But as I said, um, I hope with all my spiritual practice that I will be given another chance through the grace of the Masters. And until then, I do my due diligence <laughs> through spiritual practice, through social service, through devotion. Um, in order for the activation to happen, we need to also stop seeking things from the outside. Um, the alignment can only happen uh, inside of us. So it's important to take the time to introspect when certain samskaras or painful impressions come out. We have to sit in silence and introspect. It's not enough to just do breathing techniques and um, meditation. Uh, we also have to be truthful and align our daily life with that inner truth. And that takes courage for some people who are out of alignment uh, what they d believe deep within themselves may not be the same with what they actually do, maybe out of certain political connections or conveniences that they obtain through economical system or any other compromises that people make morally and spiritually for any perceived convenience or advantage. So as long as this... Um, lack of coherence and alignment with what our inner truth is and what we live in our daily world exists, we cannot be in alignment. And that's why uh, sometimes a bitter pill is needed in order to wake up into the reality and really firmly place ourselves on the true path. So going back to uh, Satya Sai Baba, uh, who was mentioned now with experiences with Richard and Alfred. I was given that bitter pill when I visited Satya Sai Baba in 2006. Uh, many people have judged Satya Sai Baba because uh, they said my whole life went, you know, all my comforts are gone, were gone for a toss and many things happened uh, when I met him. He must be negative. Um, actually, in the presence of a Purna avatar like Baba, uh, if one shows from deep within desire to awaken, that blessing uh, will come and what is needed for that person will start aligning him or her with that reality. So all the unnecessary shaft, on <laughs> all the garbage will start to get removed. Um, so on the way, when I came back to Dubai, after visiting Satya Sai Baba in 2006, that was a year before I met Manji. I uh, lost my job because the company for which I worked, which was not fully aligned with my values, even though I ignored that part. I, uh, as I said, there was a convenience, financial convenience was there. I was getting a really good salary and I didn't want to think about, there were certain doubts that, that I had about what this company actually does. But I didn't want to give any attention to those doubts. I didn't want to face anything that was controversial. I kind of was in blissful ignorance. I chose to be in blissful ignorance because I was enjoying the convenience of a good salary. And um, in that way, I understand many people who are stuck in a certain system or a job where they are saying, okay, just another couple of years until I get my pension. I didn't do anything wrong. I just did my, I just did my part, you know. But we have to ask ourselves at some point, what is it that I'm supporting in terms of the overall structure, the company, the values of what they actually do? Is that aligned with my inner truth? And satya is the inner truth, and it takes guts 
It takes courage to change things that are convenient and are not aligned with our inner truth, to change that and start walking the path of uncertainty. Right? So to change the track and not know whether the rewards will come right away or not. So I was helped in that way that the company with which I was not fully aligned, um, that company fell apart. They went bankrupt. And then, uh, I guess, karmically, I had to pay for whatever was not aligned with my truth. I had to pay. Now, I went from the comfort zones and higher income and luxury I was enjoying for like almost two years. From that, I went into complete uncertainty. Uh, Debt on my credit card of $30,000, which was not a small amount at all, and no job, right? So in that scenario, um, I started facing myself. Also, uh, at some point, I had like pimples on my face, acne, which came out, I I don't know what, what that was. But everybody said, you used to be so beautiful. What happened to you? I mean, there were pimples all over my face. And this lasted for, I don't know how many, six, seven, eight months. And um, I was, uh, I went to a homeopathy doctor who was not really good homeopathy doctor. He gave me wrong medicine, which aggravated the situation. So only later when I found a really good homeopathy doctor, she, she told me that what I was receiving was really wrong. And only after I got the right homeo medicine, the uh, the face started <laughs> to look better. <laughs> but that uh, for any lady, uh, you know, the looks are so important. And on top of that, I lost my financial stability, income. I was completely unstable financially. But there were so many experiences of grace at the same time. In the time of despair, again, just like in Kosovo, when my life was in danger, Here also I started to uh, awaken to the spiritual dimension much more than before. And that was also the time when I met Mohanji. So um, I'm very grateful to Satya Sai Baba. Um, I had a wonderful experience with Satya Sai Baba and uh, I will always, always stand by the truth of my experience. Um, So the same... Richard uh, mentioned his blog, also shared uh, with me and Manji, I remember this. It's it's not in the blog, but I, will, I feel like sharing that now, since I touched this controversial topic, is that um, Satya Sai Baba was really badly attacked by negative forces uh, under, under the pretext of pedophilia. He, he was accused of touching boys and... Um, this or that so as I've seen later on with Manji the negative forces or the shadow forces they always attack on the same uh, two subjects money or sex these are the two topics favored to them Uh, so naturally no master would have passed through physical reality physical existence without being attacked sooner or later and um it's the way that a master handles those negativities and the ability to continuously inspire people to do social service, to do positive acts, and him himself not being suffocated by these negative attacks, that shows his stature. Um, so how this whole story started with, uh, with this uh, sexual stories with Satya Sai Baba was that what Richard shared with us, and that really kind of surprised me, was that one day there was a man who came to put a party and he got a chance to talk to Satya Sai Baba directly. They, they used to call it the interview. So out of the thousands of people, there's a handful that gets the special blessing of actually talking to Baba. And um, they get really a huge boost on their spiritual path. So it's a really big blessing. So this man uh, had an issue of abnormal masturbation. He was masturbating all the time and he couldn't help it. He just, so somewhere he asked uh, for the help in that, that way. And what Richard said 
is that at that moment, uh, Baba looked at him deeply into his energy records and he lifted his gown and showed his male genitals and then dropped the gown. Then a couple seconds later, he lifted his uh, gown and showed female genitals on his body and then dropped it. And this was his message. Um, now, I don't fully understand like the, the depth of this message, but I, I, I can get the, there was a certain effect produced by this, you could say, miracle or lila by Baba. But later on, this man um, went uh, around and misinterpreted this in a way that he was uh, abused by Baba or that this, and that's, that started the whole wave of attack on, on that subject. Um, the ways in which masters work are very difficult to comprehend, especially somebody of Sai Baba's stature. Not many things are logical to people. Um, I know the amazing story that happened to a man from, I believe, from Hawaii or one of the islands. He uh, had a strong desire to meet his father, but he couldn't. He was so far away. Maybe something happened to father. or So there was, a, again, a group of people. There was an interview, and there was maybe 10 of them in the room. And when Baba looked at this young man, he saw what was happening, and he created a passage through the wall through which this young man could pass, and he went to Hawaii, spent two weeks there, got suntan and everything, and the rest of them were seated in the room talking, and then he, through that same um, passage, he came back through that same wall, maybe an hour later, with the suntan and everything. <laughs> in his reality, it was two weeks. In their reality, it was maybe one hour. And he fell at Baba's feet and thanked him. He had his fulfillment. He was able to spend time with the father and uh, exchange the love and, and sort out certain things. And it meant the whole world to him. So I'm sharing this sto story only to um, convey the level from which uh, Master like Sai Baba operates. Nothing is imp impossible uh, for him. And out of love, uh, you know, he, he will go out of his way sometimes to create impossible circumstances and fulfill certain um, pending uh, desires or answer the call of the heart of somebody who is truly devoted. Uh, so I've had quite many experiences uh, while I, uh, during my couple of my visits to Puttaparthi. And as I said, um, I've always uh, remembered the huge change that happened in my life um, after I, my first visit, which was this change with a job and me embarking on a different track on the highway altogether. So with my own choice, I probably would have never uh, left the comfort of this job all that easily. And I, I feel this was a real blessing. Later on, I understood. Uh, at that time, it looked like complete crisis, uh, but I started uh, to also feel the grace and the blessing. So now back to Shaktipad. The first Shaktipad that I received from Moranji was something I will never forget. Uh, he placed his thumb on my forehead. In that moment, his voice changed into the voice of an old man, and um, I recognized it was Shirdi Sai Baba, and Mwanji confirmed that later. And that was the time when Baba revealed to me that the highest version of me is Devi, or in Christianity we would say Mother Mary. And that, that one statement uh, changed a lot in my inner space. And years later, I chose the name Devi uh, for that to support my alignment with the highest version of me and um, the love and the selflessness of the mother. And the mother has always been special to me and my connection with Divine Mother uh, was something that saved my life many a times. And um, that connection with her and sacredness of that connection is something that is beyond description. 
but that was that one moment uh, that really, really touched a deep chord in me. And then um, there was another interesting uh, experience when Monji revealed to me that he's going to start giving initiation into Shaktipad so that other people connecting with his consciousness will be able to give Shaktipad to others, which he said is something masters usually don't do because it's also dangerous uh, in some way for him. Um, I was really touched when I heard that, uh, that we, we who are not enlightened, you know, can actually be in a position to be the conduits of that energy. Initially, he called it Shaktipad. Later on, he was advised to change it into Monji energy transfer um, because uh, others should understand the distinction between a master giving that ultimate transfer of energy and somebody who has not mastered the mind yet. Uh, so I'll refer to it to as Mohanji energy transfer from now on. Uh, so I, I had immediately a desire to be an instrument of that energy, to be empowered to, to pass on this energy. But I was too shy to ask. So I kind of prayed for it. Uh, I asked masters, uh, let them know that I'm really, really eager to uh, have that experience and to be an instrument of that energy. But I couldn't verbally ask Monji. I was feeling shy. I just felt if I'm worthy, I will be given. It's not... Um, it's not appropriate that I ask verbally. So in that way I kept quiet, but it was brewing inside of me for quite some time. Especially th there was one uh, lady uh, from Dubai who was first to receive this initiation. And um, since then, since I heard that she got it, um, I was really eager. But as I said, I didn't verbalize it. Uh, at that time, Monji got a job in Oman, which is four hours by car from Dubai. And uh, we were not together anymore physically. Uh, I could visit him every other weekend, uh, but not during the working days. And um, it was a time of testing for me, <laughs> big time, uh, because of my financial crisis at that time, uh, after losing the job, after struggling with other jobs which were unstable and um, but at the same time as I said many blessings were happening spiritually so I found uh, one slightly more decent accommodation and in the house of Sai Baba devotees who kind of extended their help and said for a couple of months I can stay with them before that I was literally uh, sleeping on the floor kind of uh, I had a really bad phase where I just couldn't even find the right accommodation. Uh, so I remember at that time I got this uh, nice room with a bed, which was already a luxury for me at that time. And um, I was so grateful. I was getting more uh, aligned with my spiritual practice. And one day Monji called me on the phone and he said, um, brush your teeth, wear your pyjama, get ready as if you're going to sleep. It was like 7 p.m and um, lie down in your bed. Baba said he'll be working on you. I didn't understand what it meant, in which way would he be working on me, but I was greatly excited. So I immediately got ready, and the moment I lie down in the bed, I started feeling this superbly blissful waves, as if I was uh, floating on the waves of the ocean, and you probably know that feeling when you are ascending and descending on the waves. It's just so blissful. And it's such a beautiful surrender. And uh, the energy was strongly passing through my feet, my palms, my crown, my forehead, my spine. And there was a lot of waves. It was very blissful. And um, I stayed in that state for, uh, I don't know, maybe two hours or so. And after that, I fell asleep and I slept quite a lot to absorb that energy. And then the next day was the day uh, when I was conducting Power of Purity meditation in uh, 
one uh, friend's office uh, in the center of Dubai. And I was really uh, eager to um, you know, share that energy of power purity meditation with these people. Uh, but I didn't know what this waves meant, or uh, I didn't think uh, it was just um, a process that was happening spontaneously. Uh, later, I understood that this was a distant initiation into the energy transfer. <laughs> so at that moment, I didn't get it totally. I was just in the experience. So that's the second day uh, in the afternoon. I remember it was around 4 p.m. And already at 6.30, I was supposed to leave uh, because at 7 p.m. was the meditation. So I, I need approximately half an hour to get there, park the car. So latest by 6.30, I would need to leave uh, from my accommodation to reach the office. And uh, somewhere 3.30, 4 p.m., out of a blue, I suddenly started feeling those waves again. So I just lie down. And the waves again came. It was again so blissful, so beautiful, intense, intense energy. But this time it was a bit stronger, uh, accompanied by a stronger heat, inner heat. God knows what was being burnt through that heat. Uh, because we know when we have a fever, for example, it happens as a mechanism in our body for a reason. Something is being burnt. Uh, that is like an obstacle, right? Uh, so in that case, and during the fever, it's a different ball game. It's uh, about viruses and so forth. But here, it's spiritually, obstacles are being burned and removed, and it's like a flooding that happens that just carries everything on its path. <laughs> and um, those uh, blissful waves and the heat continued. And without me noticing, two hours or so have elapsed. I didn't have any feeling of time. So when I looked at the watch and saw that it was 6.30, I jumped up from the bed and I somehow scrambled to, to get ready very fast within just three, four minutes. Uh, took the CD with me of our purity meditation and went to the car. I was in a dazed state, you know, with all that energy, I didn't even notice what was uh, happening that uh, it wasn't easy for me to even walk properly not to mention to drive because there was a certain shift that happened in my body um, I noticed this only when I started driving I realized that I was almost like a cross-eyed person I was not able to have a normal vision with my physical eyes as before uh, something has changed. Uh, there was a lot of energy on my forehead. So I was kind of looking through the forehead. I was not, my physical eye vision was blurred. But as I drove, I was completely calm and I was feeling everything around me in 360 degrees. Everything was felt. And there was a huge sense of unity with all around a completely different state than the usual state of mind and state of consciousness. Um, I was not worried at all. I was just driving. Uh, but at some point uh, from that small road, I joined the big kind of highway road. And there were many cars. <laughs> and the, a lot of traffic. So there's no way you can just turn back and change your mind. Yeah, once you enter, you have entered. And uh, I was driving, not seeing anything properly. I was not even able to see the traffic light, when it's green light, when it's red light. But I was in the flow. I could feel all the cars around me. And when they go, I go. When they stop, I stop. So that solved the problem of the traffic light. At the same time, I was fully aligned and kind of in harmony with the flow of the traffic. And... Uh, there was just no worry about any car accident. No such thought came into my mind. I was able to flow. I was able to feel from the back of my body when a car approaches me. It's like when once they enter my expanded energy field, I'm able to feel all of them as part of me. So we're all kind of moving together in harmony. 
That's probably the only way I can explain it. Uh, later on, Monji received uh, another meditation called 360 degrees. So that was interesting. I smiled when I, <laughs> when I heard about it. And uh, this was the second time I experienced uh, 360 degrees. The first was during my near-death experience. And I knew very well that once uh, the soul starts leaving the body, this is our natural state. Actually, that expanded state of 360-degree awareness is natural for us uh, as souls. We, we feel that as home, you know, this is our natural state. Uh, what we're experiencing now in the body with our limited awareness and focus only in the front through the physical senses, that's actually not natural. <laughs> so everything is vice versa. Um, but the, to enter into a 360-degree uh, awareness state or expanded state, uh, it takes uh, its grace and it's a, it happens only at a certain level of spiritual evolution. So right now I'm not in 360 degree state awareness all the time. I cannot say that I own it, but this glimpse that I got um, through this experience and several other experiences I had uh, is uh, an inspiration to continue with the practice more intensely and to know that it's possible. So if any of you had this experience, uh, you will know what I'm talking about. If not, I hope this inspires you uh, to consider that there is a different dimension of being. So some, there is somebody driving a car and being, being fully angry, cursing at others, like the road rage kind of people. And I'm driving my car in 360-degree awareness, right? We are in different realities even though we share the same road. And this is how life is. So when I reached the office, uh, I was about to reach the office when the heat uh, became almost unbearable. And uh, uh, the closer I came to the office, I started feeling the heat more and more. At some point, I was getting a bit jittery uh, because I felt that... Maybe my body will not be able to stand this much of heat. I felt I was burning. I was totally burning. And then I um, uh, somehow managed to call uh, Mohanji uh, or message him. I really cannot remember was it a call or a message because in that state it was very tough for me to, to even do this. But I, I know that I contacted him through the phone and I told him, please help me, I'm burning here. And then he sent a message back, you'll be okay, just take an ice cream, have an ice cream. So I was like, is he kidding me? What ice cream? I'm in a serious predicament here, I'm burning. So I didn't think it was funny at all, I thought he was joking. But part of me was like, I was so desperate that the moment I reached this building, and was amazed that I immediately found the parking, and the parking was right in front of the grocery sto store, which is part of that same building, where they, I ran in, I got an ice cream, paid, and in the hallway on the way to the office where the meditation was, I kind of gulped that ice cream, and immediately I felt better. I was able to stand the heat, and I felt kind of more grounded with the whole experience, even though my hands were still shivering. And um, then I got another message from Monji. Today, during Power of Purity, you can deliver Shaktipad or Monji Energy Transfer, what we call it now. <laughs> so I was so grateful. And I understood then that this was my initiation. Uh, so it was a very powerful and sacred experience. And since then, I was blessed to uh, be a conduit of this energy. It happens very easily. The moment I think of Monji or I feel his um, third eye on my forehead or I just briefly chant a mantra, it happens within a couple of seconds. I feel the heat in the spine and the palms and the energy is ready to be transferred. So this is something that is a beautiful um sacred initiation and something I will cherish all my life 
And after me, there are many other people. We have more than 100 people now around the world who have received this initiation and continue to share the sacred energy during our meditations. So that was something I wanted to share for today. And uh, thank you so much for joining me. And we'll meet again during the next podcast. Shanti Devi Wow